All right, we're going to talk about angels again. We're going to continue on on that series. And so we're going to try to wind down a little bit. And if you remember, we talked about angels and we talked about the appearance of angels, what they look like when they appeared. Then we talked about the existence of angels. And angels are real, by the way. They're real and they do exist. And we know that there's many of them. There's thousands and thousands. And we know how many God created. He created all of them. <laughs> and we studied the attributes of angels, too. Attributes of angels. There's Rob right there. Come on in here, buddy. He got saved Sunday. I like that. The attributes of angels. And angels, we know, are very strong, the Bible says. And we talked about angels opening prison doors and different things. Did you know angels can fly? Take your Bible and go to Revelation 14. I'll show you this and move on. But we also talked about the category of angels, so we're not going to go into too much detail in that category, but we'll just kind of mention it and move on. But look in Revelation 14. 14. <laughs> I got the same syndrome you do. I <laughs> Revelation 14, or he's got what I've got. I don't know. It's at 14. Revelation 14. Revelation 14. And he says in verse 6, And I saw another angel, look at that three-letter word, fly. I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people. You know what an angel can do? It can fly. One thing we learned about angels that's against con contrary against popular belief, I mean, as far as you can't get it when people are away from the Bible, angels don't have wings. You say they don't? No. Cherubim have wings and seraphim have wings. You'll never read anywhere in the Bible where an angel has wings. And so we, we studied that. And you say, well, how do they fly then? You know, you get that sometimes. And like um, Elizabeth, when we first moved here, we wasn't here very long, and she was teaching a little kid's class, maybe like the five- or six-year-olds, something like that. And a little, you know, they've got good questions. And a little boy asked her, he said, well, Miss Elizabeth, he said, when we get to heaven, will we be able to fly? And she said, well, I think so. I think we can, sure. He said, good. Well, we have caper wings. <laughs> and some people think you got to have a caper wings to fly, you know. I had a preacher one time, and I said this, and I, was, I had a bunch of preachers in a building. And I was, they had me teaching them. And I, and I said, you know, one thing about angels, they don't have wings. And, man, he just interrupted me. It just flew all over him. He called me down. He said, he said, those angels in, in Isaiah 6 had wings. I said, I never read about any angels in Isaiah 6. I read about seraphims. He said, same thing. I said, they're not spelled the same. And he said, well, that angel in Revelation 14 had wings. He said, because it could fly. And I said, well, you might be like that little boy in my wife's Sunday school class. I told that story. Because he just wouldn't quit, you know. He just kept on and on and on. Anyway, people think, I wonder about the Lord. You ever read in Acts chapter 1 when he ascended up into heaven? I said, I said, I said do you think he just sprouted out wings all of a sudden flew his way up? Or do you think he just had the power to go up? I think he had the power to go up. Sure he did. So anyway, but people get thinking that, you know. But anyway, that angel did fly. I know that. But I've never read where an angel has wings in Scripture. And we looked at a lot of scriptures, the, the appearance of angels and what they look like. And so you don't say that, but people get angels and cherubim and seraphim confused with one another. 
And that's okay. They're all heavenly hosts, and really it's not a test of fellowship. It's not that big of a deal. But if you're really going to dissect the Bible and see what it says, and you want to get right on it, you'll find out that's just the way that it is. But they can fly. At least this one could. And we talked about the category of angels. In the Bible, there's only one archangel mentioned by name. And he's not called an archangel. He's called the archangel, the article the. And his name's Michael in Jude verse 9. You won't find any other angel called the archangel but Michael. And, you know, people always say, well, there's three. You've got Michael and Gabriel and Lucifer, and they were all archangels, and they were all... But the Bible never says that. I found out a lot of people, and, and I'm a Baptist, so I'm going to get on Baptist. I don't care about the rest of them. But a lot of Baptists especially, they just take whatever they've heard, and they just take it for gospel, the truth, you know. And they never actually study in the Bible... We've got uh, Sunday school literature in our kids' classes and stuff, and, and that's great. And inside that Sunday school literature, and we got, I think, in the senior adult class, and that's good too, because, you know, when you get literature, you just got to remember, man wrote literature, it's not the Bible. That's why you got a Sunday school teacher there. And if it doesn't line up with the Bible, he'd tell you so, you know. But we always take the Bible over any literature. You take it over me or any preacher, too. We always have to take the Bible. It's the rule of faith and practice for everything we believe. But anyway, you get in there, and one thing it says is it says the devil was a fallen angel. And it gives all these scriptures about it in the, in the fly leaf of that literature. And you look up every one of those scriptures, and not one time does it say that. They don't give one scripture that backs up their claim. And I think they're just, like, they're just following traditions, what they're doing. They're just following tradition. And they've got in their mind, if you tell them anything, oh, no, no, that's right, show me. And then they can't show you. He was the anointed cherub that covereth. He was part of the heavenly host, but he's a cherub. And cherubim have wings. They've got four faces, the face of a man, the face of an eagle, the face of an ox, and the face of a lion. An angel don't look like that. You can entertain angels unaware. And I promise you, if it had four heads like that, you'd be aware something weird's going on. <laughs> And so that's what it was. And so anyway, I'm not going to get into any more of that, but just the way it is. And Gabriel's not called an archangel. He's just mentioned by name. And I believe angels have names. I believe all the heavenly hosts have names. And I showed you in Revelation 5 that those cherubim are called beasts, and it distinguishes between the beast and angels. And Revelation 5 separates them. They're not the same thing. That's what you find out. It's pretty plain over there. But there's good angels and there's bad angels. You say, how do you know there's bad angels? Well, in Revelation 12, we've studied it recently. The devil gets a third of the angels. It hadn't happened yet, but he's going to get a third of the angels, and he's going to fight against Michael and his angels. I'll just have to admit, if an angel lined up with the devil, he has to be a bad angel. That's not a good angel. He's taking the wrong side on it. He's probably for abortion or something like that. Somebody say, amen. Oh, so, oh you shouldn't get into that. Well, it's all through the Bible. It's pretty plain. I believe abortion's murder. I believe you'd almost have to be the devil to believe that kind of stuff. Kill a little baby like the innocent baby. I'm not saying you're dying and going to hell. If you're saved, you're going to heaven. But, man, that's a bad thing to kill an innocent child, a little baby like that. You say, what is that? Well, the devil, he promotes this kind of stuff. I'm for life. I like life is what I like. You know, there's certain people in our country that even think, you say, this don't have anything to do with what you're talking about. I know it don't, but it just come to my mind. <laughs> I said, you got to pray for me. There's certain people in our country that think that you older people ought to just be killed off, euthanasia, let y'all go. Y'all are just a cancer on society. You don't, 
work and all that kind of stuff. You're just drawing social security. You're just cancer on society. Of course, they forget that you probably paid in more than you'll ever get out. (laughs) Forget about that part right there, you know. Could you imagine getting rid of every elderly person we had in America? Then you'd have the AOC crowd running things. They about are anyway. I think I'll keep the older people around me. (laughs) They got a little more wisdom. So you get the category of angels. Angels. There's good angels. There's bad angels. Take your Bible and go to 2 Peter chapter 2. I'm back on the right subject now. 2 Peter chapter 2. You say, thank God. (laughs) 2 Peter chapter 2. It's about the seventh time I've preached this week, so I, once I get to this point, I'm, there's no telling where I'm at. And I'm going two more times tomorrow night <laughs> in Kentucky. Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2. I'm just glad to be here. Second Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 4. The Bible says this, For if God spared not the angels that what? Sinned. What do you call that? Bad angels. But cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to do what? To be reserved unto judgment. Then you've got angels right now that are down in hell in chains waiting on the judgment. Take your Bible and go to Second or First Corinthians, rather. First Corinthians chapter six. First Corinthians chapter six. I've taught on all this stuff many times. I'm not gonna go through all of it tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Check this out. We taught on judging one night. You know, everybody has the, judge not lest ye be judged. But the truth is, um, there's a lot more scripture about judging than that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, verse 2, Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? I thought you're not supposed to judge. And the world shall be judged by you. Are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? How about that? We're going to judge angels. You say, how do you know that? The Bible tells me that. That's the only way I know it. Because there's some angels that sinned, and they're going to be judged by the Lord, and we're going to be right there with them, and we're taking his side, so we're in judgment with him. And by the way, any judgment he makes, I'm on his side on that. I'm lining up with him. And so he always does the right thing. He's the, he's the only righteous judge. He's the best judge. He's a wonderful judge. If he does it, it'll be right. Be right. You're going to judge angels. That's amazing, isn't it? How much more things that pertain to this life? Oh, no, you can't say that, Brother Derek. You can't tell us to judge people. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. And we'll move on about angels. Let's read it for good fun. 1 Corinthians 2, 15. First Corinthians 2. I don't know if it's rabbit season or not, but I'm running a bunch of them. First Corinthians 2.15. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Well, if you're spiritual, you judge. We killed that rabbit, so that's good. At least we got one if we're going to chase one. Amen. He that is spiritual judgeth. Now, you're not supposed to judge things. No, I judge things according to the word of God. I can't judge you really by me, and you can't judge yourself by you, me by you. We judge by the Bible. I know right and wrong from the Bible. It's like, well, you're just, I don't like when I say, you're just judging me. Well, you're judging me, judging you. 
when you say that. I mean, what's the difference? Where does that end at, you know? You, you shouldn't be judging me. Well, then quit, then quit judging me. Oh, people are just crazy. All right. You know what's wrong? People never think. They don't think. They just follow whatever, you know, just whatever. But if you're spiritual, you're going to judge things. You say how? By the word of God. I know what's right and I know what's wrong. You say, how do you know? Got a Bible that tells me. So I'm going to go with that. So there's good angels and bad angels, and we're going to judge them too. Now let's move to something else, a different topic on angels. Let's talk about the purpose of angels. I really like this, as a matter of fact. Take your Bible and go to Daniel chapter 12 in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12. There's, there's a purpose for angels, and I think you'll enjoy this. I know that I do. I think it's very interesting. One thing we learn about angels, and you hear people talk about it often, they talk about guardian angels. You ever heard about that? Well, the Bible talks about it too. And it may not use that term to describe them, guardian. But yet, you see that term is in the scriptures without it being in the scriptures. And there's one group in the Bible, in Daniel chapter 12, you'll find where a, a nation has a guardian angel. And that nation's the nation of Israel. And in Daniel chapter 12, in verse number 1, And at that time shall Michael, that's the archangel, stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation. That's a tribulation. Even to that same time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one sh uh, that shall be found written in the book. Now notice that. Michael, stand up. The great prince will stand up for the children of thy people. Thy people's Israel. Nations have guardian angels. I believe one of the reasons that um, Israel's still on the map today, I mean, they'd like to wipe them off. The Ayatollah, he said so in Iran. He said, we want to write, we want to, we'll wipe Israel. And he doesn't call them Israel because he doesn't consider them a nation. He calls the Zionists that occupy that land over there that doesn't belong to them, supposedly. But God says it does. So I'll take the Lord's word over the Ayatollah any day of the week, twice on Sunday. And anyway, <laughs> but the Ayatollah says, we want to wipe Israel off the face of the map. Got bad news for you, Ayatollah. Can't do it. You say, why can't you do it? I read the back of the book, and Israel's still there at the end. But what we ought to do is we ought to give them nuclear weapons and help them. Because they're peaceful. They're peaceful. Even though they're threatening to wipe people off the map, they're peaceful people. <laughs> wow. You know what? I believe there's a guardian angel over there. His name's Michael. He's watching over those people, Israel. He wants to take care of them. No doubt God's used America to help Israel. And we should help Israel. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm not for going to war, and there's a lot of wars that we get into we probably shouldn't even be involved in. But if somebody attacks Israel, it ought to be just like attacking us as far as we're concerned. When you're messing with Israel, you're messing with the apple of God's eye. And God said, I'll bless them that bless thee, and I'll curse them that curse thee. If they're going to attack Israel, we'll say, hey, buddy, you want to go ahead, but you're going to fight us too. Not because we want to go to war. You can back down and we won't, but we're standing with Israel. They need our help. We're coming. That's the way it is. I'll never forget in the, about the seventh grade, I was a basketball player. I wasn't a fighter. I was, and I was, all the, a lot of those boys were big. And they'd already gotten as tall as they was going to get in the seventh grade. I got as tall as I was getting in the twelfth grade. You know, I mean, they were 
some of them a foot taller than me at that time, and you know, I had these muscles and stuff, and uh, I could still beat them at basketball. It made no difference. <laughs> but I didn't want to have to fight them. I mean, um, that one boy told me, he said, I'm going to whip you as soon as practice is over. Now, I thought, why? We didn't have a crossword. And, and he probably could have done it. I didn't say nothing to him. He said, I'm, whip, I'm, he said, I'm telling you, when practice is over, he said, we get in that locker, I'm whipping you. Well, it just so happened, there's a boy named Cody Herbert, and he, was, he took me on, he just loved me. And he was whipping 10th graders in the 7th grade. I'm talking about a fighting machine. He, liked, he fought every day. And he said, hey, he said, if you're going to fight Derek, you'll have to whip me first. And that boy said, oh, turned his head, never said another word, went in the locker room, got changed real quick, and got out of there. I thought, thank God for Cody Herbert. <laughs> well, that's how we ought to be. And by the way, the boy that said that, he'd have a hard time now, though. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, amen. But, but I don't want to fight, I promise you that. I mean, if we get in a fight at this age, there was no other way around it. I'm talking about because nobody wins. Even if you won, you're going to lose. You're going to pull a muscle swinging at somebody. I get out of bed and have to go see Dr. Betts and get my back congested. You know, it's craziness, you know. So you don't want to, you only fight if it's a life and death experience. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to do at this point, you know. But you know what? If somebody jumps on Israel, we ought to jump in there and help them if they need our help. We ought to help them. And they're going to come after them. Take your Bible and go to Matthew 18. You say, well, what about America? I hope America's got a guardian angel. I just wonder about that. If we do, and it's possible, he's working overtime, I promise you. Because we've got some crazies running things. Matthew 18, that's true. The inmates are running the asylum, he said. That's a Lester Roloff quote. That's a good one. Matthew chapter number 18. The Lord gives a little discourse, a sermon on children. You know, the Lord loved little children. He really does. And he talks about in verse 1, at the same time the disciples uh, came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. And he put that little child right there and set him down, and he used him as an object lesson. Anyway, he gets talking about children and talking about believing, having the faith of a little child. Then he says in verse 6, But whoso shall offend one of these little ones, a little child, which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. I wouldn't want to mess with a little child that believed in him then, would you? He said it's better for him if he had a millstone hanged around his neck. He's drowned in the depth of the sea. That's pretty rough. Would you say, well, I just don't think we should do something like that. I'll tell you what I don't think. I don't think you ought to hurt little children. That's what I think. A grown man beating up on a little kid, what they need, to, they need to get a grown man on them is what they need. There's something wrong with that. I'm not talking about discipline. If you don't discipline a child, you don't love them, the Bible says. There's a difference. But you don't beat a child. You're not a man if you beat a child. And you're not a woman if you beat a child. A woman can beat a little child, but you don't have any business having a child if you're going to do that to them. Look what it says. You say, why don't you say that? Because I've got Bible backing it up. The Lord's for children. We ought to be for them too. Verse 10. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. Don't despise them. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. <laughs> They've got an angel. 
And, and the Lord sees that angel. God's seeing the angel. Little children have angels in heaven, the Bible says. I believe it's guardian angels. You ever think about some of these kids and how they make it through life? I see kids all the time up and down the road, and I think, man, I remember one day, me and Elizabeth walked outside, and there was a baby in diapers, just barely, what was he, one or two years old, walking down the middle of our street. There wasn't a parent anywhere around. You say, what do we We went and got him. You say, well, you, that's not your kid. It makes no difference. You don't let a baby walk in the middle of the street. And there's no. They didn't even know he was gone. And it was some crackheads living over on a different street, we found out. They didn't need a kid anyway. And he's done out there in there on their crack high, and he's out the door, and he's, he's done walked way down this street and way down that street. I mean, he's walked a long way. It's, I'm thank God nobody they can get hurt. Thank God somebody didn't snatch him up. That's terrible. You say, how did he make it through that? Maybe he had a little guardian angel watching over him. It wasn't us, but man, to walk down the middle of the street that far, I just, can't, I just don't understand that, people that way, but they are. But little children like that, you think about them. Kids do dumb stuff. How many of you ever tried to fly when you was a kid? Raise your hand. About everybody. People jumping off barns and all kinds of stuff. They'd watch Superman, think they could do it, and they found out gravity took hold. You say, how am I still here? Somebody's watching over you, that's how come. <laughs> I think back some dumb stuff. Dumb stuff that I did. Just like, what was, I wonder what was going through my mind for me to do what, I mean, just risky stuff as a kid that I could have been hurt bad, you know, <laughs> bad. <laughs> I think children have guardian angels. Didn't take your Bible, go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. We ought to watch out for them too, but I go over there to Mexico and preach. We got out there in the middle of nowhere. I, I just like little kids. I want to take them to those little kids. They didn't have any toys. I mean, I'm talking about we're not. You know, people say oh, I've been to Mexico. We went right there on the border and got this medicine. Got that. No, you hadn't been to Mexico. If you've been, that's that's a tourist town. We've been to Mexico. I'm talking about way down in there. And we got in this little village, and I'm talking about it's rough, and these little kids out there playing. We went out in the street and played with them and stuff. You just want to give them all the money you got in your pocket, you know, but you, you can't. You can't give them a, but I mean, they're out there playing with rocks and different things, and then you look at them, and they're dirty and filthy. And you, you go in one of those houses, and you just wouldn't believe. I went in that one house, and that guy had a husband and wife. He's a preacher and had me come in in there, and I'm talking about dirt floors, and it was the rough, rough now. And went in there, and, and they want me to come do a Bible conference. So they couldn't pay you. You don't go places like that for pay. They couldn't pay nothing. They can't even hardly have groceries. What you do is you go do a Bible conference and take money with you when you go. That's what you do in situations like that and give them money. It's not about it, you. It's about them, helping them. It don't, I hate preaching in Mexico. I hate it. Because I, I don't speak Spanish. I know, I know what a banjo is. <laughs> That's right. And I know what a gringo is. <laughs> and I know quite a few words, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and I like a taco. Somebody say amen. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I need to learn the word for bacon. I don't even know what that is. But Elizabeth, she looked at the menu where we was eating at that restaurant. She said, you don't need to go back there because she knows know all those words. <laughs> I said, oh, that's what that means. Oh, boy. <laughs> Man, you go in there. And that guy went to his house and walked in. He had a little bitty tiny refrigerator. And he, in that refrigerator, he had two red sodas, 
some off Mexican brand, and they weren't very cold because the refrigerator wouldn't do it. It's all he had. And, I, I'm not, and he, he opened that thing up and gave them to me and Brother Dwayne. So we drank them. You know why? We'd offended him if we hadn't. I didn't want to take, I don't even like red soda. I don't even like it. But I wasn't not drinking it when that guy gave you everything he had right then. I gave that preacher money. I said, here. I said, get them, some, get them something the guy's with you. Boy. I'm telling you. And they got those little kids running around like that. You say, how those kids make it? They got to have a guardian angel around them. They got to have one. All right. Hebrews 1. We send that money over there to Africa, to Uganda. We've got an orphanage over there to send money to. And our kids at Vacation Bible School, we take up pennies. We'll take up seven or 800 bucks in a week or a 1000 We send it over there. They'll buy them clothes and stuff. Those kids don't have anything. But our kids get to help other kids. I think that's wonderful. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13. But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Are they not all ministering spirits, angels, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? You say, what's that? I believe that children of God, saved people, have guardian angels. I really believe. Say, oh, you know, everybody talks about having a guardian angel. Well, the Bible indicates you really do. There's angels watching over us. You ever come close to dying before? You can probably have flashbacks in your mind two or three different times and, and things happening, you know, and uh, man, just about come to the end. We've eaten some meals some places. We thought we was going to die. <laughs> that Billy Kelly, he's preaching, and he's an old-timey preacher. I mean, he was world famous. I mean, he really was. He got done preaching. That lady came to the back door, and she said, Brother Kelly, she said, if you's my husband, I'd put poison in your food. He said, lady, if you was my wife, I'd eat it. <laughs> oh, man. You got to have fun in life, folks. <laughs> you got to laugh a little bit. But anyway, man, there's times I can think about driving down the road and losing control and just about, how in the world do I even stay? I, one time, I don't know how I stayed on the road unless God just took care of me or get in a situation where God's watching over you. Man, it can happen. I was down there and bald knob here a while back and and uh, my sister and she said you remember that time those people chased us in that alley and i go i forgot about that i was only like five or six i'm done they tried to take us i mean we just barely got out of there i thought somebody's probably watching over you there are perverts in the world that take little kids you know that don't you there's a bunch of them out there anyway i have no use for people like that but boy you want to talk about scary stuff and, and accidents and different things happening. I believe the Lord's watching over people. I believe he's watching over people. And I'm glad, I'm thankful for that, because sometimes I don't got enough sense to get out of the rain. But boy, the Lord can watch over us, can he? Look one more place, Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1, and he gives some things, and, he, and, he, and as a matter of fact, he talks about seven stars and the Lord's hand, and he talks about these other different things. Then he defines some of these things. And he talks about seven, yeah, seven um, stars and seven candlesticks, all this stuff. Look in Revelation 
1 and verse 20, the last verse. He says, The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand are the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. He said he had stars and candlesticks. He said the candlesticks are the churches. But he said the stars are angels. Now some of these folks, you get reading these theologians, and they'll say, well, what that is is that's the pastor of the church and all that stuff. I don't know that I'd call myself an angel. So anyway, no, I believe it is what, I believe it just means what it says. I've always believed it meant what it said. Look here, and that one guy said his wife was an angel, and I said, really? He said, always up in the air harping on something, you know. <laughs> Revelation 2, 1. Under the angel of the church at Ephesus, right? And there's seven of these churches, and under this angel, right? And they're writing all these things to these angels. It almost that appears that a church that's a right church that's trying to, you know, that's God's people, that there's an angel watching over that church. Could be, couldn't it? Keep problems out maybe sometimes and keep this out, keep that alone. But it appears that way. As a matter of fact, angels are called stars all through the Bible. Through the Bible, you'll see it in the book of Daniel. If you remember in Revelation 12, it, it calls angels stars. Those old preachers used to preach and they'd say, you know, Los Angeles. Los Angeles is the city of angels. He said, that's where you go see the stars at. <laughs> that's funny. Hebrews 13, I'll show you something else about angels. So see, a purpose, I think that they're guardian angels. Hebrews chapter number 13. I've talked about this one quite a bit, but I want to give you the scripture for it. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 2. Notice what the Bible says. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers... For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. See, to entertain means to receive them in your house, offer them hospitality. That's what Lot did back in the Old Testament. Those angels showed up at his house. He brought them in, and he fed the, fed the guys. He entertained them. That's a good thing. That tells you that, you could, that there's angels around, and you may not know it. Because angels look like men. The Bible says we've gone through all those scriptures seeing that. But you wouldn't know it. And so it says, don't forget, don't be, be not forgetful to entertain strangers. They just might be angels. You may not be aware. They might be angels. You may not be aware of it. You know, some of you could have entertained angels. Back in the old days, it was a lot different than it is now. Because you've got to be super careful who you let in your house now. It's a different time. But a lot of you growing up didn't lock your doors. You didn't, there was no need in it. Because nobody would go into somebody else's house and take anything. Now we've got this honest generation, you know. <laughs> and, of course, the lock only keeps an honest person honest is all it does. And then the 357 keeps them extremely honest once they kick it open. My, um, my burglar alarm, really, I mean, it sounds like shotgun shells going off. <laughs> my daddy said when, when um, him and my mother first married, um, matter of fact, he show, when I was, last time I was down there, they were both with me. I went and ate lunch with them, and they showed me where the house was. They first moved into it until they got married, and it was like a little apartment-type house. I mean, they were young, and, and they got, my mom said, you remember that time that guy broke into our house? When he's in, and my dad said, yeah. He said, I, he said, I was just barely asleep. He said, I really wasn't asleep. I just laid down, and I heard him. 
And she said, yeah, and you had that shotgun there in the, in the, in the closet right there next to the bed. He goes, yeah. And he said, I heard him in there, and he said, I got that shotgun. He said, I pumped the chamber. And he said, I heard him cutting out. That's the universal, that's a universal sound right there. <laughs> no matter what language you speak, <laughs> you catch the drift real quick. You don't want any part of that. And he said, I chambered me a shell in there is what I did. And he, and he said he just mowed the yard that day, and he went out into the living room, and the door was wide open, and there's footprints with gra- grass clippings on it, you know, where that guy had been. But anyway, so, wrong house, buddy. Amen. And so anyway, that's what you deserve. You're going to break in somebody's house. Just leave people alone and do right, treat people right. But in the old days, people would have a stranger comes through or a hitchhiker. You used to you hitchhiked everywhere. How many of you remember that? Raise your hand. That's just how it was. My dad hitchhiked all the way to the army and all the way back. You know, everybody picked up everybody, didn't they? They just picked up. You see somebody walking in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, you pick them up. In 2020s, you let them walk is what you do. I used to pick them up too, but I kind of quit doing that. But anyway, I have fun with it. But I wouldn't suggest you doing that probably. All right, I'm nice to them, but I have a good time with them. But I don't take them to the so, Can you drop me off at the liquor store? No, I'm not dropping you off at a liquor store. You can go to one, but you're going on your own. I'm not taking you. <laughs> no, sir. Let's talk about the Lord. I like that little granny that that guy come in there and broke in her house, and she's almost got blue hair, you know. And she had that big, dirty, hairy Magnum, 44 Magnum pistol with a barrel about that long, and she's got it on him. She said, all right, Sonny, let's talk about Jesus till the cops get here. <laughs> Hey, you break in in a granny's house, that's what you deserve, okay? I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Leave them alone. And leave elderly people alone, too. They'll leave them alone. All right, how about a few facts about angels? I'm done. That's about out of time, aren't we? Um, write this down. I won't even turn there. Luke chapter 16, verse, beginning at verse 19, the rest of the text. There's a story about hell, but hell's not what I want to talk about. The rich man went to hell, but Lazarus was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. I believe angels can come and carry us home when it's our turn. We've had two Joe Grays in the church. One just passed, Sister Patty back there, her husband for 28 and a half years. Sister Heidi's first husband passed away. Both of them said they saw a young man stand at the end of their bed right before they went. What's that man doing there? Nobody else could see him. I got a good idea what they were there. You say, oh, that doesn't happen. It happened in Luke 16. I got Bible that it happened. The angels came and they carried that guy to Abraham's bosom, the Bible says. And that'd be all right. So I know it has happened. I'm not sure it doesn't happen now. That's all right. They, they do the work of the Lord. And they're coming with the Lord at his second coming. That's Matthew 25, 31. We'll say that too. Say that too. All right, we're going to stop. Any questions or comments?